Hi, everybody. If you were joining us for the video portion of our worship today, you noticed that uh, we had Matt and Ashley Craig with us today. We were really excited about this uh, Sunday, March the 22nd. We were going to announce to you that Matt and Ashley Craig and their, their little boy, John William, are coming to join us. Uh, Matt Craig is going to lead our worship department. It's something that he's done for us in the past, and we're just really excited to have him and Ashley and John William with us. So I'd ask you to welcome them. But uh, that might be weird from where you're sitting or listening to today, but uh, I certainly wanted to include you in that announcement. We're just so excited and so honored to have them with us. Um, I bet you're noticing, especially the fact that you're, whether you're listening to this message through the podcast today, maybe for the first time you're watching by video, and the world around us is, um, is changing pretty quickly. But it's just so good to be able to be with you today in this format. Um, you know, as a church family, one of the things that we're really committed to in this season is we want to stay connected, stay connected with God and stay connected with one another. Uh, this format of doing our services is one of the ways that we're going to do that. Um, and it's what we've really been focusing on coming into this week. As we move forward into the next week, what we're going to focus on is how we can stay connected in our life groups, uh, regardless of our location. The way that we can um, stay connected in our friendships and our fellowship with one another, um, because uh, regardless of the circumstance around us, we can stay in friendship and a relationship and connection. And that also means that we can be meeting the needs of people around us. And so um, we want to keep you connected. One, one of the ways that you can stay connected is be on our email list so that as information comes out, you're, you have firsthand knowledge of how we're handling things. Um, if you want to be put on our email distribution list, just send us an email at friends at victorychristian.church. Again, that's friends at victorychristian.church. And I want to tell you, if you need something, uh, big or small, please reach out to us and let us know. We really look at this time that we're in right now as an opportunity to reach out to people, both in our church family, but also in the world around us. And we want to be really intentional about that. But if we don't know what you need, we'll have a hard time meeting that need. So please feel free to reach out to us. If you're somebody who you say, you know what, I want to volunteer. I want to help. I want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this season of my life. Um, I want to ask you to reach out to us and let us know about how you might help, your availability. Maybe you just said, just give me, a, give me something to do and I'll go do it. Email us again at that friends at victorychristian.church. And we'll make sure you stay connected. One of the things that we've done is we've reached out to uh, Goochland Social Services and said, hey, let us know about needs that are coming up in the community. We want to help and we want to participate um, in meeting needs in our community. All right. Are you ready for the Bible this morning? All right. I'm going to open up this morning by reading to you in John 1, verse 5. It says, the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In this scripture in John chapter 1, it's talking about Jesus. That Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. And I want to tell you today, regardless of what's going on today, this Jesus who we serve, he is the light in the darkness. And as things may get dim around us and in different places of the world, our God just shines brighter and brighter. And so let's take a moment, let's pray, and let's jump into the message today. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the privilege of even having ways to stay in connection and to worship and to honor, Lord, in the midst of what's going on around us. And today, Lord Jesus, we proclaim that the name of Jesus is greater 
greater than COVID-19, greater than fear, greater than anxiety, greater than anything going on around us. And we say, Lord Jesus, we look to you this morning. Lord, would you speak to us from your word? Speak to every single one of us. And Lord, as you speak to each of us, speak to all of us. We thank you that you have a word for us today. Lord, I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit. God, to share what's in your heart today. It's such a privilege, but my heart, God, let what's in your heart and in your word come through today with authority and with power. God, we thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when we began this series on miracles several weeks ago, one of the things that I said uh, was that we're going to need miracles. If the Lord is putting in our hearts to learn about miracles, to, to seek out him about miracles, then there must be a need coming for miracles. And we also said that, um, that this wasn't just a series, that this actually was going to be a theme for us as a church family this year, this need for miracles. And, um, and so it gives me great confidence because I, I feel like the Lord has been preparing us. Um, he's not taken off guard by what's going on around us. He knew it was coming and he knew what he wanted to be sowing into us before we got to this place. He has been preparing you and me. And so I want to briefly remind us of what we've learned up to this point. One of the things I've talked about is wanting to put foundational stones in place um, so that in this operation of miracles and the supernatural, love and understanding from the word. We started off by talking about how God's motivation for miracles is love and compassion. He just has a love for people and a compassion that motivates him to see miracles done in their lives. We also looked at how God wants to use us to extend his kingdom, that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, that he wants us to be participants in the process and participants in seeing miracles happen. We saw that all the way back in Genesis when, with the Garden of Eden and this this uh, mandate that we had to go and take dominion of the earth and to, to rule and reign with our God. But th then we looked at the how it happens. So how do miracles work in and through our lives? And in scripture, it's, it's not complicated, although it's supernatural. God fills us with his Holy Spirit. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, he has us doing miracles on his behalf. And we get to participate in that. Last week, we talked about faith, how vitally important it is that we have faith, that trust, that belief in him. And we looked at how sometimes faith has a lot of different looks to it. Sometimes faith is pressing in and pushing in like the, the woman with the issue of blood that we looked at in Luke chapter 8. Sometimes faith looks very different. It's a, a resting in and a, and a just calling in and just saying, God, I trust you. And, and like the centurion whose servant was sick, he just said, Jesus, if you will just say the word, I know because of the authority that you have that my servant will be healed. I don't need you to go to him. I don't need you to lay hands on him. I don't. All I need you to do is say the word. And look at how that's a, a resting faith and how it so impressed God that he had that kind of faith. But faith has a lot of different looks. It's not a cookbook. It's not a science uh, you know, formula that we do. But it has to do with our trust and our belief in him. And it looks different in different circumstances. But faith is always just so vitally important. And if you've missed any of the messages up to this point, 
you can go online to our website and connect to our podcast, the Victory Christian Church podcast, and catch up on any of those messages. We're on our, our fifth part today. You know, I was considering the, the times that we're in, obviously, as I was preparing for our message this week, and I was also considering the earthly ministry of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus, he had a, he made a ministry out of entering into the storms of other people's lives. He never seemed to be intimidated by whatever storm was in somebody's life. If he wasn't intimidated by demon possession, he, he wasn't intimidated by any sickness. He wasn't intimidated by death, or excuse me, intimidated by death. He wasn't intimidated by crowds of people who were hungry. He wasn't intimidated by any individual's sin. No, he, he just had a way of entering into those storms. And he would go from town to town, entering into uh, people's lives and entering into their storms, if you will. Jesus, he was the original storm chaser. This is the way it describes it in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to go out and send workers into his harvest field. I love this scripture. It's kind of like, it's like a summary of what Jesus did. You know, he went to all the towns and villages and he was healing all the sickness and disease. And he's having compassion on every individual and every crowd. That is the Jesus that I serve. That's my Lord. That's my God. You know, at the end of that scripture I just read, it says that he prayed and he said, Lord, send workers into the harvest field. We need to pray for workers in the harvest field. And do you know who the workers are? That's you and me. We are his workers. And so, if you will, he's raising us up to be storm chasers as well. To not be intimidated by the storms in people's lives. To be willing to enter into a storm and to believe that God is big enough and great enough and strong enough. And that he has more than just natural answers. Natural answers are good. We need them all. But he has supernatural answers to people's problems as well. Let's look at a story today where Jesus uh, literally enters into the storm in his disciples' lives. I'm going to read to you Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 36. It says, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And a boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind was against it. Shortly after dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. He went to the disciples and he, they saw him walking on the lake and they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter said, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. 
Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him. He with little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they had climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed in Gennaroset, and the men that were in that place recognized Jesus, and they sent word to the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. <laughs> I love this story because it's like Jesus is going from storm to storm to storm. Literally, a literal storm his disciples are in. And then he arrives at the seashore. People recognize him. They bring the sick to him again. And once again, Jesus is in the midst of their storm. He's not intimidated by any one storm. There's an interesting um, underlying story that's going on here. Um, when you look at Jesus just personally and, and what he's walking through in that moment. If you go back and you read all of Matthew chapter 14, what you find is that Jesus that day was actually just trying to get away to pray and to spend some time with God because he, or spend some time with his father. He, he had heard about John the Baptist that day and how John the Baptist had been beheaded. And so Jesus was trying to get to a place where he could spend time with his father and, and pray this through, if you will. And, but the crowds followed him and Jesus had compassion on them and he put them first and took care of them and he fed them. And then the way this story picks up is he puts the disciples in the boat, he dismisses the crowds, and he goes away to pray. So the, the reason why Jesus is not in the boat in the, initially with them is because he had gone away to pray. And um, when he goes to head back and to rejoin his disciples, um, he decides to take the same route. Uh, and he begins to walk on the water. I guess the boat was not available. And um, in the book, it says that when he comes up to the disciples, it says they were straining at the oars because the wind and the waves were buffeting this boat. And uh, I'm sure that the disciples were wishing that Jesus had been in the boat with them at this point. Um, and when they first see him out on the water, they think it's a ghost and they're terrified. But Jesus identifies himself and says, it's me. And, and so Peter says, all right, if it's you, Jesus, let me come out on the water with you. I, um, I love this about Peter. I love that Peter, when he sees Jesus and he, and he realizes, okay, if that's you, I want to join you in the miracle. I think that's something that's in God's heart, that he wants us to join him in that supernatural place. Not just observe from afar, but to join him. And Jesus' ministry was filled with times like this. Just before, earlier that day, what were they doing? They were feeding 5,000 people. And Jesus blesses these, this, this little bit of bread and this little bit of fish. And he puts it in the disciples' hands. And they're distributing it. And somehow it goes five, through 5,000 people and provides them with plenty. Jesus was training them. And he was putting the miracles in his hand. We looked at other weeks, how we would send them out two by two, and they would they would see miracles done, done in people's lives. He's, he's raising up storm chasers. Of course, we know that in the scripture that, that Peter does well. He walks on water, which uh, I haven't met many people who've walked on water, so I have a lot of admiration. But when he looks at the, at, at the water and he looks at the wind and the waves, that's when he begins to sink. And our gracious and loving Jesus immediately reaches out and snatches Peter in the midst of that storm and helps him get back into the boat. 
Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. I love that scripture. We've got to keep our eyes on him and not on the storm. If you keep your eyes on the storm, the storm is going to overwhelm your heart and your mind. We've got to keep our eyes on the one who's greater than the storm. Keep our eyes on the one who has authority over the storm. That applies to when the storms are in our lives. And it also applies to the storms that are in people's lives. I was thinking about Peter that day and I thought, you know, Peter that day when he started his day, he, he didn't really know where he was going to end up. It was, you know, later on that night when Jesus puts him in the boat, he finds himself in a boat and then he finds himself in a storm. And, you know, then he finds himself in a place where he needs a miracle. And, you know, the reality is the miracle for a miracle to happen, it needs a storm. And so, you know, when you find yourself in a storm, that's an opportunity for the miracle. And so it's kind of one of those those things where it's like, you know, if we want to see God move, we're going to have to be in places where God needs to move. And so we got to sign up for that whole thing and recognize that um, there are storms in our lives. I think most of us recognize that you can't go through life without storms. And the people around you can't go through life without storms. You can't just make yourself a, a comfortable, stormless life. It's just not reasonable. The answer is, do you, do you know and do you call upon the one who is greater than the storms around you? Maybe here today you're listening to a message and, and you've come to this place where you believe in Jesus, you, you believe in God, but maybe you haven't made him your God. Maybe you haven't gone to that place where you said, um, I want to follow you and I want to make you the God of my life. And I, I want to encourage you today, if you've never made, taken that step, you're, you're so close because first believing, believing that Jesus is who he says he is, is that first and most important step. That he died on the cross for you, that he loves you, that he has, he has wanted to come and remove the sin and the shame from your life. And also that he wants to give you the empowerment to live. But believing is that first part. And now it's time to just put your trust in him and to put your life into his hands. And I tell you what, the angels in heaven rejoice every time that somebody says, Hey, Jesus, I'm putting my life into your hands. I, like your disciples, I'm going to come and follow you. If you haven't made that decision yet in your life, I just want to say today is the day for you to just um, get on your knees or put your hands together and just cry out to the Lord and say, Jesus, would you be the Lord of my life? You know, going back to this storm. Storms are an opportunity for the supernatural. Storms are an opportunity for the demonstration of God's power. Storms are the opportunity for God to share his provision with us. And I want to ask you a question today. Um, but I'll preface it by saying this. When Jesus and Peter got back into the boat, it says that the storm quieted down. You know, I love that picture of Jesus getting into our boat and calming the storm around us. I want to ask you today, would you be willing to get into somebody else's boat and speak calm over their storm? And say, hey, I serve a God who can calm the storm. I serve a God who can provide for you in the midst of the sickness. I serve a God 
who can provide for you in the midst of this financial crisis. I serve a God who can provide for you in the midst of this marital crisis. I serve a God who can provide in the midst of the challenge you may be going through with your children right now. I serve a God who is so much greater than every storm. As a matter of fact, he's a storm chaser. And he has sent me out into a harvest field to, to see storms quieted down in other people's lives. Our God is a God of provision. You know, when I look at all of that, I, I think, you know, what is, what is the storm in your neighbor's life today? What is it that they're, you know, going through? I, I think about um, the COVID-19 patients right now who are uh, laying in their bed and who are, um, who are struggling. You know, those who um, it's really uh, impacted greatly. And I think about, you know, the, the prayer that we need to go out for those people who are, are fighting this illness right now. I think about the, the COVID-19 folk, uh, healthcare workers who are out there, uh, who are bravely and courageously treating and loving and stepping into their call as a healthcare worker and just caring for people. I think about the people who are impacted in other ways, that are shut into their homes and can't come out because they're, um, they're they, what, for whatever reason, can't get out right now. Maybe they're not safe to be out and the right thing for them is just to be in their homes. I think about those who are paralyzed by fear right now and anxiety. And I think, you know what? Our God has a real peace that he wants to impart to people. Our God is, is one who's able to calm their storms. But, you know, like we talked about in weeks before, our God needs more storm chasers. He needs, he needs people who are willing to enter into other people's lives and speak on his behalf and say, you know what? My God speaks calm to your storm. You know, I, I look at all these storms, and I, I, there's other storms, um, other storm stories, if you will, in Scripture. One of my favorites is in Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus is in the boat with his disciples in the story, and a storm kicks up, and Jesus is sleeping, and he just continues to sleep until they wake up. Now, I think, you know, one of the, uh, the keys to overcoming storms in life is if you can learn how to sleep in a storm, you are doing all right. Think of that. Jesus has so much peace and so much grace and so much uh, in him that he's in the midst of the storm, just able to sleep in the boat. I think, man, I, maybe he looked at it as an opportunity, that rocking you know, in that boat and just being thrown around. I don't know. But um, it didn't intimidate him. And when he got up, he looked at the disciples. He says, hey, you have little faith. And he rebukes the, the, the storm. And the storm quiets down. And they are just amazed. But I love that picture that he was sleeping. You know, I said before, storms are, are not something that we can avoid in life. But we can rest in the midst of a storm. And we can call down God's provision in the midst of the storm. And I want to encourage you today, you know, the places where you're not in control, the places where storms are kicking up, ask God to give you such a peace and such a grace in the midst of storms that you can really rest, even literally sleep in the midst of storms. Because God has that kind of provision. I know that um, our God is able to give us that kind of peace. And he's able to make us storm chasers who are willing to, to get into other people's lives and to say, hey, my God has the provision that you need. I just want to encourage you today. Would you not be intimidated 
by any storm that's going on around you? Would you not be intimidated by anything uh, that's going on in other people's lives and just say, you know what? My God is big enough and he is great enough and he has got me. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close in prayer with you in just a moment, but um, I wanted to, for for those of you who are watching today or listening to the podcast, and that's the way we're doing church this week, um, I wanted to enter into the time where we worship God with our tithes and our offering. But first, I wanted to say, if you are you know interacting with us in one of those meetings and uh, Victory is not your home church, that so you already have a home church, I want to encourage you as I talk about the offering this morning, would you give your tithes and your offerings to your home church? Because um, I, that's just who we are and the way we think and that we know that that you want to honor the place where you are normally fed at home. Um, you know, we've entered into some pretty uncertain times, um, but one of the things that we can be really certain of is that God is our provider. Even in the midst of uncertain times, we can be certain of that. He is our provider. You know, our weekly tithes and offerings there, they are a declaration of who our provider is. And they are a declaration of who we worship. And so I want to encourage you today as you're, you're giving, just as always, prayerfully consider what to give. Just listen to the Lord and he'll speak to your heart. Give joyfully, not reluctantly, and give as an act of worship. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says this, now he who supplies seed to the sower, that's the money that we give, and bread for food, that's the money we, we receive to take care of our needs, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your unrighteousness. Excuse me. <laughs> he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Um, many... Uh, already give electronically at Victory, and um, you're going to see on your screen that um, the number for if you like to give through text, um, um, if you have the Church Center app, you can download that if you haven't used it before. Maybe you haven't given electronically and you want to start today, you can use that text number. You can download the Church Center app. You just church, uh, select Victory Christian Church as your church. Um, if you typically give by check, um, you'll also, in a moment here, see uh, the address for that. Just send it to our P.O. box that you see on the screen. Um, and if you are listening online or driving, you can look that up at victorychristian.church. It's uh, P.O. box 757, Goochland, Virginia. All this information, again, is available on our website. Remember, if you want to receive um, our emails that are the updates of how we're connecting and the different ways that we're doing this, we're even sending out links to these messages uh, when they're coming out, our worship when they're being released for the weekend. Just email us at friends at victorychristian.church. Love you all, and I'm going to take a moment and pray for you and pray with you. Father, we love you today. And we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to, to be together, even though we're not physically in the same place today. God, you're so great and you're so good. I ask you, would you watch over every household, every family? God, would you give them wisdom and discernment in this season of their life? And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would not be intimidated by any storm in our life. But God, that we would just know, God, that you have so, such great authority over storms. And God, that you see them coming and you have the provision for us in the midst of them. And I pray, Lord, would you raise us up to just authentically and sincerely be storm chasers. 
Be people who are willing to enter into the storms of other people's lives, Lord God, to love them, and Lord God, to see your provision in their life, that they might know you and that you might be glorified. God, we thank you for all of this, and we trust you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed today. We love you. Take care.